seen her in some statues around town. I have a lot of family members with Mother Mary statues. Uh, somebody one time bought me a Mother Mary necklace. I don't really know why. They said it reminded them of me, and I did not know how to take that. So, But Mother Mary is my favorite character in the Christmas story. I know Jesus is the point. But he didn't really do that much in that story except be born. So it's not really about him at that point. He didn't do a lot till later. Later on, he's pretty cool. But in this story, my very favorite person is Mary. So we're going to briefly run through the Christmas story. I'm going to catch you guys up to speed so that we can really, really think about this. Because a lot of us, you know, like I said, we kind of maybe focus on Jesus in the story or we just read it and we're like, okay, you know, we've heard this story a lot of times. You guys feel like you've heard the Christmas story a lot of times. Okay, three of you have. I have heard the Christmas story many, many times. And sometimes we just glaze over things without really thinking about them. And I want to think about this tonight. And I want you to put yourself in Mary's shoes. Can all of you do that? It's going to be harder for some of you fellas, but I want you to think this through and imagine that what happened to Mary is happening to you. Because if you do, it's real weird. And this is why I love Mary, because I'm like, dang, the angel showed up and told you some really weird things, and you were fine with it, and you were excited about it. I think I would have tapped out and ran away. This is why I love her. She was really strong. And historians say that Mary was most likely between the ages of 12 and 15. So, like, way younger than me. And close to the age of a lot of you guys. Between the ages of 12 and 15. And God showed up and asked her to do something really crazy. So, you know the story. Mary was outside working. The angel Gabriel appears to her and says, Fear not. You have found favor with the Lord. You are going to become pregnant with the Son of God. Is there anyone in this room who would like to be pregnant right now? Okay, so for some of you that could be a personal question. I'm talking people 17 and under. No. Why? Being a teen mother poses a lot of complications, right? Did you guys ever watch Teen Moms or was that before your time? And Okay, well, I'm not saying you should watch Teen Moms, but I'm just saying I watched Teen Moms in high school, and it definitely did not make me want to be a teen mom. A lot of really weird things happen. You have to tell your parents. Uh, everybody at school knows that you're pregnant. It's really kind of hard to hide it when you gain 30 pounds, and it's just all sticking out in front of you, and you start waddling around, you know? Uh, there are a lot of complications with being a pregnant mother, and even more so for Mary because she was engaged. I know. She was engaged to be married, and she probably was at risk for losing her ring because of this situation. God had to show up to Joseph and say, no, she's telling the truth. She's not lying. Can you imagine if you were pregnant and you tried to tell people God did it? Exactly. I don't think we think about this. Sometimes we're like, oh, yeah, it was the immaculate conception. It was miraculous. Yeah, but people didn't know that. We know that because we're living thousands of years later and we read the whole story. Mary's friends didn't know that. She had to sit down with them and say, I'm pregnant, but God is the father. She had to sit down to her fiance and say, I'm pregnant and God is the father. 
That's bizarre. God asked her to do something really crazy. And sometimes we, we've heard this story so much, we're not really realizing like how wild it is, okay? So Mary was asked to do something really, really huge and really, really crazy. But I want to look tonight at a couple of things that we see in her response that I think are really big keys for responding to the call of God on your life. Because Mary had a really big call. Like an angel had to show up, give her an assignment, she had to accept it, and it was so much bigger, I think, than we're realizing. It was something that, A, would be embarrassing to her. Not only that, B, it's going to bring shame upon her family. You think being an unwed mother is, like, not popular today. It really wasn't popular thousands of years ago, right? Mary was asked to do something that would make her look really bad, make her look like a liar, the, the truth of that story sounded like a lie. I'm pregnant, God's the father. That doesn't sound true. <laughs> that sounds like a lie. This is what God asked Mary to do. But I'm so impressed with her response, and that's why I want to talk about it tonight. So let's take a look in Luke chapter 1. And here we see something that was a real big key to Mary's story. In verse 26, I'm going to read kind of a big chunk, so you'll get a little bit of the Christmas story. During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, who was a true descendant of King David. Gabriel the angel appeared to her and said, Grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you, and so you are anointed with great favor. And then in verse 29, he said, or it says, excuse me, Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this might mean for her. But the angel reassured her and said, Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. I would have rolled my eyes. The surprise me with a wonderful gift? That's not, I would have expected a car, a house, a fun, you know, adventure, a vacation. That is not the wonderful gift that he surprised her with. Verse 31, he says, you will become pregnant with a baby boy and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the son of the highest. And the Lord God will enthrone him as king on his ancestor David's throne and he will reign as king of Israel forever and his reign will have no limit. So this is what the angel said to her. But I really like what he says when he, uh, in verse 30, he says, do not yield to your fear, Mary. It's one of the first things he said to her. He didn't even tell her what her surprise gift was yet. He just said, listen, God has found favor with you. God's really pleased with you. He's got a good gift and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's the first thing tonight that was a key to Mary's success. Don't be afraid. And in fact, we see this all throughout the Bible. God is constantly telling people, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be afraid for my, you know, I will go with you and my, my power is with you. Don't be afraid. God had to prep her for what he was getting ready to tell her by saying, don't be afraid. She should have been expecting something crazy after that. Don't be afraid. But I want to encourage you tonight to get up every day and start saying to yourself, don't be afraid. Listen, in my life this year, one thing that has really been brought to the surface um, just throughout quarantine and, and spending a lot more time like alone with myself and my thoughts is realizing how much fear is in my life. Fear can be uh, being scared of what other people are going to think of you. 
Fear can be fear of failure. It can be things like fear of displeasing your your parents. Uh, some of you are sweet, and you've even talked to me like about a little bit of fear of maybe missing out on what God has for you or not really knowing what you're called to do, and, and maybe fear because you have a hard time hearing God's voice. Fear can come for many reasons and in a lot of ways, but we've got to stand up and say, nope, I will not yield to fear because if I want to really do what God has called me to do, I'm going to have to leave fear behind. And listen, I personally didn't think this was really an issue for me. I've always been somebody, if you had asked me, I would have said like, yeah, you know, I, I, my personality is pretty bold and I'm usually pretty confident and I'm not really afraid of a whole lot. And I realized this year that wasn't true. <laughs> there have been many, many areas where God said, hey, do you know that's fear? Do you know that thought you just had about what is this person going to think? That's fear. Or that thought that you had, if you obey me, then, then what are these people going to do? And what's that going to look like to other people? That's fear. God really highlighted the fear in my life. And so I love the part of this story where the angel says, do not yield to fear. And the other thing that was telling her really is, hey, fear is going to come. And none of us are exempt from fear. We have an enemy. His name is the devil. He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And he does a lot of that by bringing fear into our lives. So no matter what you're called to do, I'm saying to you tonight, do not yield to fear because you will have the opportunity to. And when people are really scared about missing out on the plan of God and what am I called to do and what if I make a mistake, fear is the number one thing really that'll cause you to do that. You cannot care about what other people think. I'm really grateful that Mary didn't sit down and think about what other people were going to think about her, right? That fear could have kept her from following God's plan and then bringing salvation and like a change to the whole world just for us through her son, Jesus. Mary did not yield to fear. So I want to say to you tonight, do not yield to fear and learn to recognize fear in its many forms. If you're uptight about something, you're in fear about it. This is what God has shown me. If you're anxious about something, you're in fear about it. If you can't stop thinking about something, you're in fear about it. Doesn't matter what it is. Maybe it's getting a bad grade on your ACT. Maybe it's applying to college. Maybe it's starting a new program, getting a job. Fear can come for all of these things. But tonight I want to say, do not yield to fear. And we're going to look on in this story in Luke chapter 1, this time verse 38, and see what Mary did next. So after he said this stuff to her, she said, she responded and said, this is amazing. Maybe this is why Jesus came to like a young girl, because if he came to a 30-year-old, I would have backed out. <laughs> this is not amazing. This is not a joyous surprise like what you told me you were going to give to me. No. She said, this is amazing. I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you've told me come to pass. And later on in that same chapter, in verse 46, she sings a song and she says, My soul is ecstatic, overflowing with praises to God. My spirit bursts with joy over my life-giving God, for he has set his tender gaze upon me, his lowly servant girl, and from here on, everyone will know that I have been favored and blessed. That was her perspective. Do you think people typically look like an unwed teen mom as favored or blessed? No, we're getting a really big window into her perspective here. She's saying, everyone is going to see me and my pregnant belly and is going to know that I have been favored and blessed. 
The mighty one has worked a mighty miracle for me, and holy is his name. So the second thing that we see is that Mary chose to be joyful. She had the right perspective that kept her in joy. I've already highlighted the fact that for many people, this would not be a joyous situation. There was not a lot in this situation that looked like it was going to be fun. It looked like a lot of hard conversations, a lot of awkward moments, a lot of accusations of being a liar or even being like a trashy girl or something like that. This didn't look like a joyous situation, yet Mary said, this is great. She said, this is amazing. Her perspective was, God, this is amazing. Maybe not because of the circumstance, but because it is a call from you. She chose to be joyful even in the face of a situation that many would have called hard or difficult or embarrassing. Mary said, no, this is amazing. I will be a mother for the Lord because you've called me. This is amazing. And we see that she actually had a shift in perspective because back in verse 29, when the angel appeared before he even told her what was going on, it said Mary was deeply troubled. She didn't start out joyful. At first she was fearful. Then the angel says, do not fear. Here's your assignment. And she was able to shift her perspective and change her attitude to say, this is amazing. And this is joyous. I will be joyful about this. I'm going to be excited. And listen, that is a lesson that I have really had to learn this year. I had a great friend who gave me good advice that said, Morgan, you can choose to be excited. Because I was all like, I'm supposed to be excited. I'm not excited. I'm really upset and I'm really scared. And she's, Morgan, you can choose to be excited. You're going to have to choose to be joyful. And we see that Mary did that. Mary was choosing to be joyful. I don't think that would be the normal person's response to receiving that news. But Mary said, this is amazing. So that's what I am learning to do. Whatever God says to me, I say, this is amazing. <laughs> when he says, you messed up and you need to go apologize to that person, I'm going to say, okay, this is amazing. <laughs> and when he does, tells me to do something I don't want to do, I'm going to say, okay, this is amazing. This is joyful because if I shift my perspective like Mary did, I can do hard things with joy. It doesn't mean they might not be hard. It doesn't mean they might not be uncomfortable. It doesn't mean that my hands might not be like shaking when I'm doing it, but I can do them with joy. Because I have that choice. Just like Mary had that choice, I have that choice. So listen to me. God's call is wonderful and amazing. But it is going to require you sometimes to do things that you don't want to do. Things that might seem hard or embarrassing or just difficult or things that give you anxiety. There will be times when God asks you to do that. Number one, it's worth it. Number two, choose joy and number three, I want to encourage you, think of the person on the other side. Mary was asked to do something that changed your life and changed my life too. And I have learned that anytime God asks me to step out and do something that feels uncomfortable or that I don't want to do or that I feel scared to do, there's somebody who needs help on the other side. And if I step out and I, I change my perspective and I do that, then I see God move, and that person receives their help, and it's so worth it. But sometimes we're so focused on ourselves, like, God, why are you asking me to do that? 
Well, it's not about you. It's about the person on the other side who needs help. So if we shift our perspective and say, this is amazing, we'll step out and do what we need to do, but we'll see people receive help, and that's what it's all about. And that's what Mary did. She probably didn't even realize the impact she was having when she said, this is amazing. So as you go through this week, when the hard things come up, when you have to forgive people who are mean to you, when you choose to be kind, when you could really be a savage, uh, when you have to uh, set aside maybe some things that you're worried about or anxious about, I want you guys to stop and I want you to say, this is amazing, God. Because really, if we think about it, it is amazing. Every opportunity that we have to respond to God, to do what he's called us to do, to help somebody else, that is amazing. So I love so much that she said that she chose joy and she shifted her perspective to say, this is amazing. And the next thing I want to look at that she did is in Luke 1:42. And this was her cousin Elizabeth saying this to her. And she prophesied to Mary and she said, Mary, you are a woman given the highest favor and privilege above all others. For your child is destined to bring God great delight. And in verse 45, she said, great favor is upon you for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. So the third thing that we see that Mary did was she believed God's word to her. She believed God's word to her. And I think every single one of us in this room, if I pulled you up here and I asked you, is God's word true? You would definitely say yes. But we don't live our lives like God's word is true. And I'm guilty of this as well. But Mary's success was found in the fact that she believed God's word. She believed his word was true. So you got to choose to believe God's word is true to you. If you want to do what you're called to do, you're going to have to believe God's word to you. And there are people who will try and talk you out of that. Some of you have had great conversations with me after camp or after different events, and you're saying, I think God's called me to do this, and I feel like God spoke to me about this, and I, I think I really need to do this. I need to make this decision. I need to end this relationship, blah, blah, blah. And you're so excited about it in the moment because you know God spoke to you. You know he spoke to you. But sometimes, a couple months later, if I check in with you again, you're second-guessing it and saying, I don't know. I don't know, if, I don't know if God told me that. Like, I don't really know how to hear his voice. I don't really know. Like, I thought I heard that. You've got to stand up and say, no, I'm going to believe God's word to me. The Bible says that if you are a child of God, if you've been made new, if you've accepted Jesus, then you're alive to God and you can hear his voice. Even if you feel like you can't, even if you feel like you don't know how to, you can. You have the ability to hear God's voice because you're his child. So when God speaks to you, I want you to believe his word no matter what. Believe God's word to you. And maybe you feel like God has not spoken to you, but you know what? He speaks to us in this book every single day. When he says you're called and you're chosen and you're worthy and your past is gone and you can do great things, believe God's word to you. And I've gotten older and realized that there really are people who will try and talk you out of it. So it sounds kind of silly just to be like, well, believe God's word. And you're thinking, well, yeah, we believe God's word. But that gets a little harder when I'm saying, I know God told me to do this. But when I shared it with a couple other people, they said, don't do that, you know. Or they said, I don't really know if that decision makes sense. 
Or they said, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I thought you were going to do this, right? Maybe they remind you of things you said before. I thought you said this, or I thought you used to do this. And I've had to learn to really say, nope, God, I'm going to believe you at your word. I don't need the opinions of other people, even people maybe that I love and trust and have the right heart toward me. If I know that God has spoken to me about something, I've got to believe his word and obey it. Because Mary could have really easily been talked out of this. Uh, the Bible says that Joseph had a plan because he was a good guy he didn't want to embarrass her he didn't want to ruin her reputation so he just had plans to really quietly end the engagement and just kind of put her away somebody was telling her to back out of the plan of God there was another option there was another choice and it was coming from Joseph and he meant really well and he loved Mary I hope he was engaged to her so he had her best interests at heart but until God came and spoke to him he wasn't on board with the plan and he was coming to her saying like okay I know you're saying God told you this but I think this is what we need to do and there are people in your life who will come to you and say that and I'm not saying disregard wisdom and disregard advice from godly leaders but you have to realize every person that tries to speak into your life um, hasn't heard from God about it. You know what I'm saying? Joseph came to her and was saying, it's okay, like I know what you I know what you said, but we've got I got a plan. Like it's fine. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna bring shame on your family. It's fine. We can take care of it. So she had another option. But thankfully, God came and spoke to Joseph and said, No, <laughs> she's telling the truth. And uh, you know, you need to move forward. You need to move forward with her as your wife, and you need to raise this child because this is the son of God. So when people come to you and try and talk you out of God's plan, you have to remind yourself, no. God, I believe your word. Her cousin Elizabeth said, Mary, your success has been found and your favor has been found because you believed God's word to you. And that's what I want to encourage you guys to do tonight. Believe God's word to you. Maybe you feel called to do something that doesn't make sense. I was a horrible public speaker. I'm still not saying I'm a great public speaker, but when I first started, I was awful. And probably not a lot of people thought like, oh, she'd be a great youth pastor. I was super loud. I was very obnoxious. And then I also would get up here and just like not make any sense. And if you guys think I talk fast now, I talked even faster then. And I was just a disaster, but I knew God had called me to something. Even though I didn't maybe always look like I would be a good fit, even if I wasn't really naturally talented that way, even if I got some bad feedback along the way of like, eh, your heart was right, but you didn't do that good a job. <laughs> I just had to take that feedback from trusted people who loved me and say, okay, yes, okay, we can work on this. This will be fine. Not everything looked like I should be doing this or like I was going to be really good at it. But if you know what God has called you to do, you can believe believe God's word. And at the same time, those people who were helping me see areas that I needed to improve were also saying, yeah, but I see the call. It's okay. Maybe you didn't do that good tonight, but it's okay. You're called. I see the gift. We'll work on it. Like we can get someplace good with this. Those are the kind of people you need in your life. Uh, you've got to find people who can see the call in you. Not everyone can. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with anyone. I, I don't mean that at all. But as I've gotten older, I've just had to realize I can go to these people for advice because they see my call. I don't go to these people for advice because all they see is what's in the natural for me. And that's not what I want. I want God's call, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it doesn't look like I'm the best candidate. I want to believe his word. And that's what Mary did. She believed God's word 
No matter what, no matter how crazy it sounded, no matter uh, if other people tried to talk her out of it, she believed God's word and she moved forward without fear. She didn't yield to fear and she chose to be joyful and she believed God's word. So I want to encourage you guys, as we move toward the end of the year, Christmas is coming and I know that's exciting, but I'm kind of already thinking about next year and saying, okay, how, God, how do I move further into what you have for me? And my heart is to see you guys move further into what God has for you. That could be accomplishing goals. Maybe it just means graduating high school or making some good decisions about where to go to school. Maybe evaluating the friends that are in your life. Maybe evaluating um, where you need to get a job at, your first job, different things like that. I want to encourage you guys to seek God's plan. Don't be intimidated. Don't yield to fear. There will be people who will try and put fear in you. Don't do it. Don't accept it. When people say, well, what are your plans for the future? Sometimes it feels like that person is trying to put fear in you, (laughs) right? Because you might not want to say, well, I feel called to help people. That's not like a super popular response at the family Thanksgiving, right? They're talking about college. They're talking about jobs. They're asking if you're dating anyone, and you're just trying to stand there and be like, well, God told me this, so... It's not going to be popular, right? It's not always going to be some, the response people are looking for. Don't be intimidated by their response. Don't tell them if they're not going to get it. It's fine. Don't yield to fear. I also want to encourage you guys next year and even through the remainder of this year to shift your perspective. We're coming out of a crazy year. I had a good time this year, but a lot of weird stuff happened this year, right? Really bizarre year. And we can choose, I believe, to shift our perspective and be joyful and say, God, whatever you have for me, this is amazing. My life has been amazing this year, not because of me, not because of anything that happened in the world, but because of things God has done for me and ways that he spoke to me this year. So I want to encourage you, regardless of what happens next year, whether it seems good or bad or easy or hard, I want you to say, this is amazing. My old motto was, it's fine, it's fine. That's not my motto anymore. After I studied this, my new motto is, this is amazing. (laughs) This is amazing. Someone just peeped in front of me, this is amazing. You know, (laughs) somebody was just really mean to me at work, this is amazing. I used to be like, it's fine. That's a bad attitude, and I'm discarding that. I'm picking up Mary's attitude and saying, I'm going to shift my perspective and say this is amazing. When I mess up and God tells me that I need to tell someone I'm sorry, I'll say this is amazing because I know on the other side of my obedience and response to God, somebody can get the help they need. Somebody can get an answer they need. I can text somebody maybe that I never talked to and God's telling me to text them and encourage them. And then when I do it, they're going to text me back and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm crying, Morgan, that just made my day. You know, Don't be intimidated. Don't be in fear. Choose to be joyful and say, this is amazing, and believe God's word to you no matter what. And listen, I don't mean to be, like, dramatic about this, okay? But the earth is not as young as it once was, you know? The world is no longer quite so young. I don't know when the end of the world is. All I know is that God is trying to do something real new and really exciting, and he wants you to be involved. And he wants to see our churches more full than ever before. He wants to see people free and healed and delivered and excited. And he wants people just to really see him. I feel like, you know, when I talk to people at work, 
they don't even know what to think about God. Like that is something that's been really on my heart lately is just people knowing who God is. They just don't even know. They don't know what to think about him. They don't know if he calls the coronavirus. They don't know if he's for gay people, against gay people. How does he feel about abortion? How does God think about this? They have no idea what to think about God. And I believe one big thing in this uh, revival is going to be people seeing God. They're going to see his goodness. They're going to see his love. They're not going to see wrath and judgment and scary things. They're going to see his love and his heart for them. And you have a part to play in that. So believe God's word to you tonight. I'm saying it to you, but the Bible says it to you as well. You have a part to play in this. Don't let fear stop you. And don't let intimidation stop you. You have a part to play. And I want you to believe God's word. Just take him at his word. If he says you can do a miracle... Okay, I can do a miracle. I don't have to ask myself, can I do a miracle? No, God told me that if I obey him, miracles can happen. Things can happen. Things can move. Things can change. I want to take God at his word and stop asking myself if it's true, if I can do that. It's not about that. God said you can do it, so you can do it. You guys understand me? Can we go into 2021 with that attitude? I know this is a little bit different and it's not like super Christmassy, but Man, I think Mary's response was just so cool. And really, she brought in a great revival, right? Jesus brought with him a huge upheaval. It was political, and it was social, and it affected everything in society. Everything changed because of Mary's response. And I believe that if you and I can have those same responses, that we're going to see everything change in our life and in our world too. Don't allow yourself to feel hopeless. We have the hope of the world. The Bible says the hope of the world, not just the hope of your life, not just the hope for high school, (laughs) the hope of the world. So when we're looking at the world and we're like, gosh, it's so big and it's so crazy, can it ever be fixed? Jesus says, yes, I am the hope of the world. The whole world. I got it. I got it. You guys just need to move with me. So I want you guys to commit with me to do that. I am so excited for what's in store next year. I wanted to hype you up for a minute and say uh, we have grown in the quarry this year by like 25%. So thank you to those of you who have brought friends and invited people into this family and come and hung out with us. We love you guys so much, and we love to be here with you. And one thing that was on Amzie's heart, and I agree with this and love it, was that we wanted to make sure we make uh, help available to you guys. So if you guys come to the quarry and you ever need to talk or you ever need prayer, we just want you to know you can let us know. We're here to have fun, but we're also here to help you. And I'm telling you, there is nothing that brings me more joy than when one of you comes to me and asks for prayer. It is just my privilege and my honor to pray with you and pray for you and help you walk through things that are difficult. Part of being in a family is that you don't have to do things alone. So I want you guys to know when you're at the quarry, you don't have to do things alone and you're not going to make us uncomfortable or weird or inconvenience us. If you come to the quarry and you're having trouble with anything, if you're having things that are concerning, if you need to talk or if you need prayer, just let us know. And that's what we're here for. Amen. We love you guys so much. Uh, Like I said, this wasn't super Christmassy, but, you know, I don't know. Mary was the mother of Jesus, and that is why we celebrate Christmas. And frankly, I'm glad we do it in the winter and not in the summer when he was actually born because I hate winter and Christmas is the only good part. So I'm really grateful that we get to celebrate his birthday, give gifts, hang out, all that good stuff. But we love you guys so much. And remember, in 